We're going to be looking at part of Colossians, which we've been studying, Colossians 1, verse 13, in just a minute. But first, let's do what we do every Sunday. Let's remind each other of the gospel by quoting John 3, 16. Then let's join together with Christians all over the world in praying the Lord's Prayer. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. I'll keep the scripture on the screen throughout the whole sermon. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In 2018, 12 boys and their 25-year-old coach from a soccer team decided to go and explore a cave together. It was in the rainy season. They shouldn't have tried it. But as they actually went two plus miles into the cave when all of a sudden rainwater rushed in there and trapped them. Uh, they were 10 days before people were able to even find out if they're still alive. Uh, it was treacherous because it took not just scuba divers, but scuba divers who could go through a cave system and make their way there. And so after 10 days, this first scuba diver arrived and these boys were huddled on a ledge the air, the oxygen level was dangerously low by that time. But can you imagine how they felt 10 days in darkness when all of a sudden the light of a scuba diver starts appearing through the water? They, they knew we're about to be rescued. Now it would take eight more days before they were all taken out. The first words they uttered was, we need something to eat. <laughs> but they got rescued. And my friends, I love the word rescue that's found here in the CSB. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Here at the beginning of Holy Week, we're here to celebrate the fact that you and I got rescued. Many of us remember the exact time that happened. Now, I'm going to look at this text because this text, I believe, is important for us to have in our minds to understand what's going on in the world. A biblical worldview paints the world this way. Basically, everyone in the world is in one of two kingdoms. You're either in the reign of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, or you're in the kingdom of the son he loves. And what we're seeing in our day and time is there used to be, because of the Christian heritage of America, there used to be a, a, a more closer proximity between the two kingdoms. But we're seeing the fact that the distance is growing rapidly between these two kingdoms. And I'll give you just a couple of examples. Last summer, you had the Supreme Court ruling that said that you cannot, you know, across America, make abortion illegal. It's now state by state. Oh, my soul, the anger that erupted from some over that particular decision. Now, for years, those who called themselves pro-choice had this as their common statement. They said, what we want is we want abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. 
And you found that many of those who, who voted for legal abortion would say, now personally, I'm pro-life. I wish there were no abortions. I just don't believe the government should interfere in this. But then after last summer, the entire attitude changed. Now the new mantra from those who are pro-abortion is this. It's a slogan, shout your abortion. So all of a sudden you had rallies where women were standing up and talking about, I'm so proud I had one. I'll tell you the details. And you even had some celebrities who said, I'm just sad I've never had an abortion. So we went from the, 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 the fact that, oh, my soul, our hearts break that this happens to, we're going to shout it. See how the two kingdoms are getting farther apart. Not only that, in the kingdom of darkness, the reign of darkness, there's such confusion at this moment. Uh, last month, Wellesley College is one of what is referred to as the Seven Sisters. That's seven traditional women's colleges. They're considered to be the elite women's colleges. Well, they're in a dilemma now because they, like so many people, cannot at this moment define what a woman is. So how can you have a woman's college if you can't define what a woman is? So in the board meeting that happened about a week ago, they had already decided to accept uh, men who say they identify as women, transgender women. So they'd already opened the doors there. But their dilemma this last board meeting was this. What about those who are biologically female but now identify as a male? Should they be allowed in? And they decided to allow them in. So at this moment in Wellesley College, there's only one group of people that's not allowed to become a part of their student body, and that is biological males who still say they are males. Everybody else is welcome into this traditional woman's college. But, but even that is being rejected by some in the other kingdom. Richard Dawkins, Justin referred to him last week as a very famous atheist. He's also a biologist. And when he was defending recently J.K. Rowling, who, who is stood up against the barbaric practices of what they do to children in, quote, gender care, this atheist and biologist said this, there are only two genders. That's the fact of biology. Now, let me tell you about those in this kingdom, the kingdom of the son he loves. We have no confusion in this kingdom. Uh, if you need any settling of the issue, how about Matthew 19, 4, where Jesus re re repeats what's in Genesis. In the beginning, he made them male and female. There's no confusion here. So these two kingdoms are growing further and further apart. But can I please, I've got to speak to you from my heart here. We need to keep in mind in the midst of these changes that our job is not to condemn those in the kingdom of darkness. Our longing is to rescue them from the kingdom of darkness. God loves those who are trapped in the domain of darkness right now. Too often, brothers and sisters, in this day, we're being known for our anger more than we're being known for the love of Jesus. If you were to go and make protest and shout at those on the other side, that's not going to cause them to come to you later on when they want to be rescued. If you get on your social media and you just let all the anger vent from you, do you think that if somebody in this domain of darkness wants out, do you think they would turn to you? Our task given to us by God is to go and bring people out of the domain of darkness. Paul gives us a working principle on how we're to do that. In Ephesians 4.15, he tells us, speak the truth in love. I want to give you three implications of that phrase, speak the truth in love. Number one, we have to be loving when we speak. That means, folks, when we talk to others, we've got to be kind. 
Remember, our goal is to be there when one day they wake up and say, I want out of this. So if, if there's a kindness, a softness in the way we deal with folks, they'll, they'll come to us later on. Dennis Jernigan is an incredible Christian songwriter. He was trapped in a gay lifestyle for years. Uh, something in his soul caused him to want to get out of that domain of darkness. So he went to a straight Christian friend of his and said, can you help me? I love what this straight Christian friend said to him. He said, Dennis, I don't understand what you are feeling, but I believe I know the answer. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk toward Jesus with you for as long as it takes. And they were able to walk to Jesus and God not only took him out of the gay lifestyle, he has been for decades married and they have nine children now. We want to help people out of the domain of darkness. That means we've got to be loving when we speak. But let me give you a second thing that we've got to keep in mind. We've also got to be humble when we speak. I think what the world is looking for in Christians is transparency, honesty. Now, can we talk? Our sins, for most of us, may not have been in the LGBT category. But I can, can't speak for you women, but I can speak for every man in this room. Jesus said to lust after a woman in your heart is the same as committing adultery. And you can sit here and say, well, I've never been unfaithful to my wife. But if our thoughts were put on display, we would shrink away in shame. So how in the world can we sit here and look down on folks in sin? If you are one of those who's looking down on people, you have forgotten that you were once rescued. Did you forget your own sins? Did you forget the mercy that he showed you? But number three, we cannot compromise the truth. See, what's happening is this. Those in the reign of darkness now have come to the point where they will not stop putting pressure on us until we cry uncle. Their one goal is to get every believer, everyone on the other side to sit here and say, you have got to affirm what we have and we will, we will attack you until you've given up. Folks, we can't do that. And I'll tell you why we can't do that. Because Jesus said in John 8, 31, you shall know, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. We're supposed to speak the truth in love. And can I tell you this? It's not loving to leave somebody in a destructive lifestyle. It's not loving to hold back the truth for some people. Because I have, I've had people say, can't we just avoid these issues and stop having such conflict? Can, can, can we talk about that? What you need to understand is this. First Baptist Church is in part of a conservative Bible-believing denomination. We are known in the community as a Bible-believing church. If they know you're Bible-believing, you can't hide what your position is on moral issues. They already know where you stand. So why in the world would we think we could be fruitful in trying to avoid these issues? We can't do that. So we've got to stay true to it. But go back to this description. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness. That's an interesting word in the Greek. It's the word exousia, authority. That when somebody has got into that kingdom, they, they've given themselves over to darkness, that means that darkness has trapped them. Darkness has taken over their life. I think that's the only way to explain what happened this week. Here you have a young woman who gave herself over to darkness to such an extent that she took her guns and went into a school 
and kill children and adults. But can you imagine that, going into a school and killing children? I, I think when people say, how can that happen? It has to be the domain of darkness taking over a person's life. But let me get closer to home right here in Henderson County and Buncombe County. In the last three weeks, there have been three students in Buncombe County and two students in Henderson County who have committed suicide. Our schools are devastated now. This week, our youth ministers, Casey and Drew, were allowed to go into one of the high schools and just go and console the students that are there. Uh, Folks, how in the world can someone come to the point where they take their own life? It's because darkness took over. It's because they were under the authority, the domain of darkness. Now, let me tell you why this is so personal to me. My wife is the sweetest, most wonderful person I know. She's the best Christian I know. When my wife was 14, she was in a situation where guilt was taking over her life. Her own family was so caught up in their troubles, she felt like she couldn't talk to anyone there. And so she took pills and tried to take her life. Unfortunately, her mother found her, took her to the hospital. Her stomach was pumped and she was spared. I'm so grateful for that. And I've talked to Karen about this. I said, Karen, what were you thinking? And she told me something I've never forgotten. She said, if you're low enough to want to commit suicide, you're not thinking. You're in that grip of darkness. Don't, don't go and evaluate it. They're in the grip of darkness. But can I tell you something that blesses my heart? Less than a year after she made that attempt, she got rescued. She went to a retreat and they told her about Jesus. And she accepted Jesus as her Savior. And that meant I got to have Karen. (laughs) So I'm glad she got rescued. We escaped the dominion of darkness because someone named Jesus came and rescued us. The dominion of darkness. When you're in darkness, you're slaves. When you're in darkness, you can't see the future. When you're in darkness, nothing makes sense. But here we are in Holy Week to tell you, There was somebody who came to us. He came from heaven to earth. He went to that cross and he died for us. He rose again. He's here right now in this room because where two or three are gathered, he is there in this place. And he's ready to rescue people right now. And you don't get rescued by making more resolutions to be better. You you get rescued when you say, help, (laughs) I need a savior. And that's what we're here to point you toward today. Let me close this story by telling you the story of someone who got rescued twice. Louis Zamperini had run in the Olympics before he became a pilot in the Pacific in World War II. His plane was shot down. There's a book called Unbroken that details what happened when he spent those 40-something days on sea. And then he was years in in prison camps, four different camps in Japan. I tried to read the entire book. But I'll be honest with you, the treatment he received while he was a prisoner, it was so brutal, so inhuman, that I finally gave up and just skipped ahead. (laughs) Because I couldn't handle all that he went through and the torture, the breaking down, the starvation, the mistreatment, the dehumanizing that he went through. But in the book, Unbroken, these are the words that talk about the moment they realized they were free. The the, the whole camp was men who were basically walking around like skeletons and no longer even wearing clothes. The plane's red code light was blinking. A a bomber came by and they saw it was an American. 
The plane's red code light, code light was blinking rapidly. A radio man in the water near Louis read the signals and cried out, The war is over! In seconds, masses of naked men were stampeding out of the river and up the hill. As the plane turned loops above, the pilot waving, the POW swarmed into the compound out of their minds with relief and rapture. Their fear of the guards was gone, dispersed by the roar and muscle of the bomber. The prisoners jumped up and down, shouted and sobbed, and Lewis kept repeating these two words over and over again. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. He was rescued. But... Whenever someone goes through a hard experience like that, we have a term they didn't even know back then. It's called post-traumatic stress. And he had that PTSD. And when he came back to the States thinking he could begin his life, he married and he, he couldn't get away from those memories. He couldn't get away from the way they had destroyed him inside. And so he turned to alcohol and he'd become, he had become an alcoholic and was about to lose his marriage when Billy Graham set up a temple in Los, set up a tent in Los Angeles, California. And he went to hear what everybody was talking about, heard the gospel, got out of his seat and walked down to the front and he accepted the rescuer. He accepted Jesus. And Jesus changed his life, set him free from alcohol and he spent the rest of his life working with youth that were at risk. <sighs> Friend, I want to ask you something. Have you been rescued? Now, probably the majority of people in this room could say... I was rescued. I can remember when I was rescued. Well, if you remember when you were rescued, doesn't that make you want to love your Savior, your rescuer even more? If you can remember when you're rescued, how in the world could we look down on someone else? What our hearts ought to say is, I need to go, look, they're where I was. We need to bring them the gospel so they can get out. But if you're here today and you've not been rescued, you can be rescued today. I can't think of a better Sunday than Palm Sunday to get rescued. So I want to give you a chance right now to call out to the Savior. Would you bow your heads with me? And if you've never trusted Jesus, just in your heart say these words. Say, Jesus, I'm trapped in darkness. Be my Savior forever. Save me. In Jesus' name, amen.